Bear, bear, bear. Gently bear, bear, bear. Thanks for listening to Grand Craft Beer, Ben's premier beer podcast, exploring everything beer in Central Oregon, with your host, who's a Cicerone and the author of Oregon Breweries, Brian Yeager. Hello, and welcome to Grand Craft Beer. I am your host, Brian Yeager, and I'm super excited to be joined by Immersion Brewing's brewmaster, James Owen, this week. Welcome. Thanks. Good to be here. So, I know that Immersion Brewing just turned seven, right? Mm -hmm. Had your seventh uh, anniversary, as it was. Uh, You've got that great box factory location. You guys get to do a lot of really cool, fun events there. Uh, Really good menu. I know the cat's out of the bag on how good your burger is, but <laughs> yeah. uh, we love, you know, I, I love going there and eating a, a wide range of stuff, but really it's the diversity of your beer program that I am particularly keen on. You have sort of maybe one half of the board dedicated to IPAs and hop forward beers, but you certainly don't ignore the world of other beer styles, lagers, ales, different countries of origin. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's kind of like I was given the brewer's dream job of, hey, here's a brewery, do whatever you want. Uh, so I try to be as experimental and try new things with new styles as much as I can and also get to just brew things that, you know, in a production setting, which is where I've spent most of my career, uh, you wouldn't get to brew. Like I wouldn't get to brew an ESB or a brown ale or an Irish red. And When you say ESB and brown ale, those are some of my kryptonites i cannot see them on a tap board and not get them as a way to thank the brewer for acknowledging for remembering that there are (laughs) other beer styles uh and i know that makes me sound super old school i'm very happy to drink you know a a very 2023 style ipa or hype style of beer Mm -hmm. but i think it's critical to remember that there were malt forward beers that there were (laughs) true english pub ales Things of that nature. And that's, I mean, the fact that you have that nut brown ale, I probably get that every time I'm there um, (laughs) because I haven't seen the ESB, but I will look for that the next time I'm there. (laughs) Yeah. So it's actually funny. Um, I'm only 29 and my, (laughs) one of my favorite beers in the world is the nut brown from Alesmith. Right on. Oh yeah. That's probably the most quintessential American brown ale I could think of. Yeah. If you side by side are not brown with theirs, it was, you can tell I was mostly trying to figure out a way to get that beer for free at work. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And here we are in the fall. So brown ales, just absolute perfect seasonal style. Oh, ESPs are great. So many, so many great autumnal styles. Oh yeah. We have a ton of malt forward beers on the board right now that I'm extremely excited about. Like, I think that the board at Immersion right now has been, is my favorite that it's been since I started. Well, we were talking a little bit about this before, but you see, you, you mentioned that you are a brewer who likes to go in, you know, dive into a certain direction. So maybe at the moment you're focused on IPAs, but what are the different realms, the different directions, ballparks, uh, stylistically or thematically that you have dove into over your fairly short uh, brewing <laughs> career. Um, it's actually funny. I've been brewing since I was 21. I started home brewing when I was 19. Excellent. So I've, it's it's crazy because we're coming up on uh, nine years uh, in about three months. Very good. Um, but you've been at Immersion for just two years. Is yeah, that... just two in December. So it's, uh, it's coming up. And it's crazy. It doesn't feel like I've been there for that long. Well, I will say, let, I'm not 
clearly not the first to congratulate you on this, but maybe the first to congratulate you in podcast form. <laughs> Congratulations on your brand new, your fresh gold medal from GABF in the American fruit beer, American sour fruit beer category for um, Poggers. Yeah, it was actually, it was a silver medal. Silver, I'm sorry. Well, oh, no. to me, it's gold. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, to me, it's gold too. You should ask my guys about uh, some of the stupid shit I said that night when I was drunk. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, thank you. I really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's a really surreal feeling to go from seeing all these brewers that you really respect over the years winning these medals to suddenly winning one yourself and seeing your friends that you came up with in the, in the industry winning those medals as well. It must be. Now, do you have any other past GABF hardware to your name from Not, before immersion? So I've had recipes I've written in the past, metal, but I can almost guarantee you that it was a name that was similar. It wasn't the same recipe. And then I was the first brewery I worked at that I had my internship at and everything. Um, they won best small brewery of the year and like four or five GABF medals the first year I was there. Amazing. But I can't really take credit for those because I was scrubbing floors at the time. Eh. But I was uh, an employed member of that brew team, so I'm just going to claim it. There you go. You got to partake in the celebration <laughs> after. Yeah, and of course, I, I worked for Pizza Port for about two years. and Pizza Port Easily one up. of the most medal-winning breweries in America. Oh, 100%. Yeah, they... Maybe even the most, because in part because they have multiple locations, but doesn't take away from the fact that you know if you go to Pizza Port anywhere in San Diego County, you're going to get award-winning beer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I When I was working at Rip Current, um, it was my favorite brewery. So when I saw that they had a job open, I had to apply for it, and then I, I ended up getting it. Um, and spending two years there was probably the cool like two of the coolest years of my life just because they did such a good job at like team building and making sure that all of us were really close with each other and treating us really well and um, I really carried a lot of that into later roles excellent and then what what is it that brought you to bend you know your San Diego is you know well has a well-deserved uh <laughs> uh you know Image as being a world class beer destination. Obviously, so does so is Bend. Yeah, We're not yeah. going to take away. You know, <laughs> we have uh, who knows in, in this day and age, but at least for some period of time, Bend had the most breweries per capita of any city. Uh, so it was actually I'm born and raised San Diegan. Um, so I was actually a director of brewing operations for a brewing group before I came here. Um, I was very young to have the job, and I was put in charge of a lot. And I was working some pretty hectic hours and um, dealing with a lot at the time. So I just decided that I kind of needed a fresh start. Um, so I, I just started applying around. And I didn't just apply to Oregon. I kind of applied around the world to see, hey, like, what can a 28-year-old get? <laughs> but because I was so young and I had so much experience, I started getting offers from everywhere. So I kind of got to choose where I wanted to move. And you in, could do a lot worse than here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Believe me, I've, I haven't regretted it for a second. And it came down between uh, being the director of brewing operations for uh, an Irish brewery or moving to Bend. And you still get a brew. I know you have an Irish red on tap oh, yeah. at Immersion. So maybe the best of both worlds. Yeah. Speaking yeah. Of, of beers, here we are. We're talking about them. I the The folks at home don't see this, but I know you have a lovely selection of uh, immersion canned offerings. Let's uh, dive into at least one or two of these and 
Sweet. Let, where would you like to start? Um, actually, let's start with uh, our Oktoberfest, Ryan Heitzka Bros. Ryan Heitzka Bros, obviously, have a play on the Bavarian purity law of 1516 that states a beer can only be made with four basic ingredients, malted barley, hops, yeast, and water. Although I will also point out that in 1516, they knew nothing of yeast. <laughs> so it probably only had three ingredients. Well, Prost. Yeah. Is this Reinheitsgebros? Does it uh, meet that Bavarian purity law? Uh, it does, actually. Excellent. It's, a, it's also spunded, so uh, it had no external CO2 added. So it's actually a, an, a completely traditional German beer. Perfect. Obviously, you know, here we are talking about beers like Poggers. Uh, passion orange fruit, or yeah, passion, passion fruit, fruit orange guava. guava. Yeah. But uh, so it's not that immersion uh, adheres to the Reinheitsgebot. <laughs> but if you're doing a Germanic style, you're going to pay them that that respect and that that service and and making it adhere to it. Oh, a hundred percent. I I really like both being able to execute really traditional styles in a very technical way. Um, just hyper fixating on things. And then I also really like being able to experiment and try new things and learn more about how to push the boundaries of beer in a way that's not um, over the top, so to speak. Like yeah. make a really delicious, well-balanced beer, but not to the point where you're going to get hot burn or it's going to be two thirds fruit or any of those things. I like to create balance in all of our beers, which is again something I'm like really proud of with immersion right now. Like especially all the beers that we have on, every beer. I if, if there's one thing you could say about all of them is that they're they're well balanced and they're they're you can tell they're very intentional and they're. I'm glad to hear you say it exactly like that. A lot of people debate. You know, here we are. We just we're talking about Renheit's vote and the four ingredients, but and obviously they would amend it later because there's a lot of great wheat beers. Uh, around uh, Bavaria, yeah. but I always, you know, some people say the fifth ingredient is time. Some people say it's. Some people talk about CO two. Mm-hmm. I really feel like it is intention or intentionality. It's what were you, the brewer? What was your target, and how close did you come to nailing it? So here I am I'm drinking this uh, Oktoberfest, and it's got a great medium sort of mouthfeel, medium bodied beer, really. Uh, defined super toasty bread element to it uh, just that nice grassy hit of noble hops it's perfectly balanced and that obviously when, when you have a beer that has so much history and a very defined target if that's your intention kudos for, oh. for hitting the bullseye <laughs> thank you and i can't take all the credit for this actually speaking of people that i knew from pizza port uh we made this with our buddies over at Craft Coast out of Oceanside, California. Um, they make my favorite tacos in San Diego, which is a big state. <laughs> that's yeah. That's talking talk about who makes the best tacos in San Diego is literally like talking who makes the best beer in San Diego. Yeah, exactly. They also make some of my favorite beer in San Diego too. And the name again, Craft Coast. Craft Coast. Well, I know and, where I'm going next time I'm uh, down. Me and the two guys. So the two guys that that are running it, uh, Will and Blake. Um, we're all over six five, and we all worked at Pizza Port together at the same time, so uh, it was just like giants all running the brew house. <laughs> so it's always funny when the three of us get together because they make me look short. How tall are you? I'm six five. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> if, if you're six five and you're the shrimp, then yeah, 
but which, they, pe- which pizza port location were you working at, by the way? Uh, Bressy Ranch, their production facility in oh, Carlsbad. Excellent. It was uh, it was a good time. They for some reason they decided it was a good idea to put a bunch of early twenty somethings in charge of a production <laughs> brewery and just leave us be. So it was. <laughs> It was super fun. It was super out of hand in the best way. And we got to make really good beer together. Um, I got to say, that's one of the, my fit. Like, I'm really happy that's where, like, my early 20s were spent was at Pizza Port. Well, now you've, uh, not to say this is a slower, you know, it's obviously slower than San Diego, but it's not a slow paced town, but it's a calm, casual paced town. Uh, what are some of the things that you love doing when you're not in the brew house at Immersion? Um, big snowboarder, of course. Right on. Uh, you can't live here and not ride because uh, the mountain's 30 minutes away. And here we are. You know, they keep saying they're going to open the lifts uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving. So we are just a few weeks away. I know. It's crazy. Actually, uh, I'm <laughs> on the weekends this year, I'm working part time on the mountain as a snowboard instructor. And I actually learned how to ride snowboards when i moved here two years ago i love that you had literally never boarded before you became a bendite and now two years in not only are you winning some hardware at gabf you're also a snowboard instructor (laughs) yeah it's uh it's crazy how much life can change in a couple of years were you a skier before nope i so i didn't see snow for the first time until i was 22 years old James, you're blowing my mind. <laughs> I'm a true Southern Californian. You know, the, the mountains are there, but I just never made my way to them. And then um, I went I went snowboarding one time with a girlfriend at the time. And I Which just, mountain? Oh, Big Bear. Okay. And it was, it was one of the only weekends it really snowed that whole season. And I got abandoned by all my friends on a bunny slope. And I was just tumbling down this bunny <laughs> slope all day. And I was like, this is fun, but I'm not really having the best time. I will say Big Bear is the site of a, a similar type of day of, you know, similar conditions. And I thought, well, if the skiing's not going to be great, I'm going to try boarding. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember something in my knee tearing to the point where it was burning hot. And I said, all right, maybe I'm not meant to be a boarder. <laughs> See, I'm I'm afraid of skiing because your legs can separate. And I just feel like as a big guy, I already just have joint problems because humans aren't supposed to be this big. Uh, um, Fair enough. So I really like that my lay, my feet are just locked in to the board. All right. Well, let's first and foremost, uh, we're going to continue this, but let's crack another one of these uh, beers, whichever one you see fit um, to to discuss and to pour for us. I, I mean, again, this is really what I like about the direction that you get a going at immersion is it goes in in all the directions not just a couple directions oh yeah i like i said i back looping way back to the beginning of this you uh i've had the opportunity to be able to hyper fixate on styles so uh, my whole first year at immersion it was just loggers i wanted to learn how to make a world-class logger um so well, we have if you say that <laughs> you've got a beer here called uh, pr- correct me if I mispronounce this, but Horsky Pivo. Yeah. And it is a Polish lager. Uh, it's a Czech this, Oh, so this hors- so Pivo, of course, is basically the Czech word for beer. Yeah. But in America, we've kind of just associated it with a 
Czech or Bohemian Pilsner. Mm-hmm. Um, but do I remember that you do make a Polish Pilsner? Um, so actually, one of the brands that we used to contract for, Forest Age Dales, uh, well, we did a collaboration with them this year, uh, and we did a traditional Polish Pilsner. So I tracked down Bohemian Pilsner malt out of the Czech Republic, and then I found uh, hops through PolishHops.com. What are the, what are some names of some Polish hop varietals? Uh, Lubelski, Marinka, Ayunga. I'm probably just butchering all these pronunciations too. But... And do these fit into the same direction, the same you know shoebox of German noble hops, or are they? They're wildly? very like actually similar to saws. Hmm. So, but don't don't we consider Czech saws also one of the noble hops? It or... is definitely a noble hop, yeah. but it's uh, it's grown in the Czech Republic, so it's slightly different. Um, and it's interesting because. Uh, Poland used to be a way bigger hop purveyor for the world before hmm. World War II. Uh, the Germans came through and destroyed all of their crops. Yeah, they weren't good for anything for Poland, but yeah. hops, hops among them. <laughs> no, I mean, that's probably the least bad thing they yeah. did there. But, uh, um, it's, it's been really cool seeing a resurgence of that style of beer. Um, the beer that we're drinking right now is 100% sauce, but uh, it has... Uh, saws additions all through the boil, like very small amounts because that hop is really low alpha. Um, and then a big whirlpool addition to try and get like big aromatics out of it because we were also spunding this beer. So I don't really like dry hopping spunded beers because it's a little freaky. I like don't want a beer to blow up on me. And that's something they would never do. I mean, does anyone in the Czech Republic dry hop their beers? You know, I'm not sure. Uh, I feel I've like heard... I'd be surprised. At least maybe maybe very recently they might have started doing it. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a very like traditional thing exactly. to do beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did this beer last year, um, but I did it in a different way. So I took everything I learned over the last year and made this one, and I'm really proud of this beer. I feel like it comes through as like an actual Czech Pilsner, like higher IBUs. It's a little drier. It's got some of that like darker bready malt character um the only thing it's really missing is a true decoction but we just don't have a brew house that can do that but you also i feel like we were having a a discussion earlier where you mentioned something like a a fake decoction a faux decoction a quasi decoction (laughs) yeah um what what was uh, that technique that and did you pioneer that or did you hear about it and apply it and, and tell me about how it worked for the beer, that beer in question. Oh, I can't take credit for that one. Okay. This one's all uh, Thomas Peters from Belching Beaver um, out of Southern California. Which is funny because around here, I don't know how many Belching Beaver beers we get, but I solely associate them with the peanut butter porter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny is, uh, yeah, that's what they're known for. Uh, but they have a brew pub in downtown vista and thomas makes all the beers out of brew pub he's their experimental brewer the guy is world class like one alpha king a bunch of times is just racks of metals he's extremely intelligent not to say that a peanut butter porter wasn't experimental when he came out with it (laughs) no uh but i don't even i don't think that was thomas's beer okay so thomas isn't the the director for the whole thing. He's the head brewer for their pub and he's done other things for the company. I'm probably not remembering any of this right, but 
But it um, does make sense that a San Diego area brewery would win Alpha King because... Oh, they always do. It's every just, year. <laughs> there's a reason West Coast IPA is also essentially a San Diego IPA. Yeah, actually, Ben Brewing, uh, I think they got second place they in sure Alpha did. King this year. They were just racking medals. One of my best friends, Brandon, is their lead brewer, and they're just doing good stuff over there. Excellent. And I, well, they kind of operate two distinct breweries. They have the one at the pub, then they have a separate production facility. Mm. Uh, but I would love to know, and I should find out from those guys, if there's winning beers, which system it came off of. Um, you know, I'm curious, too. Yeah. I know that they got a new head brewer that was over at Carl Strauss for a while. Oh, right on. And I will tell you, I, I can't remember the guy's name, but I know that Boss Rambler has a new brewer from San Diego. That's so my, my boy Ryan. There, I that's love exactly that guy. it. I just happened to have met him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we are there. There's clearly something going on when a bunch of those uh, San Diegans are migrating up north. <laughs> yeah, we're all the Californians coming and ruining it for we, everybody. But <laughs> true enough. I don't know. Well, this is a beer podcast. So yeah. I'll, I'll save all those. Uh, uh, opinions uh, for my other non-existent podcast. <laughs> um, what, what are some of the uh, events? You know, obviously, you one of the ones that I really appreciated was you guys had a luau planned immediately before the huge, horrible fire that went through Lahaina in Maui, mm-hmm. and you were able to turn that into a fundraiser. Yeah. Um, how did that event go for you guys? And what do you have now that we are in sort of a, what, what, you know, a shoulder season where it's after summer, it's before all the skiers and boarders descend and bend. What have you got going on in for, for fall? Um, so we're having our Halloween party this weekend, which I know this is airing after right, this, the Halloween party is if happening. If you're hearing this, so. Halloween's over. <laughs> uh, but um, I'm hoping to make a so um, in no, like late November, early December, we're doing three collaboration releases um, with three of my favorite breweries in town. So we have uh, we're doing a malt liquor with Van Henyon. Uh We are doing a triple dry hopped West Coast IPA with Boneyard, and we are doing a triple dry hopped New Zealand forward New Zealand hopped um, hazy IPA with Boss Rambler. I love that because. The triple dry hopped hazy from with Southern Hemisphere hops from Boss Rambler, totally on brand for them. A triple, you know, a, a, a 3H, 3DDH, <laughs> uh, whatever it would be written as, uh, IPA from Boneyard, perfectly on brand. And then we've got this one brewery that really builds itself, models itself after being a traditional Germanic lager brewer, is doing the most. I don't know. Trashy form yeah, of Yeah, I was going to say janky, but sure, <laughs> we could go with trashy uh, form of of American beer style, the American malt liquor. Yeah. Please explain to us, you know, we, we may have seen those vintage commercials on YouTube for uh, Old English and, and, you know, beers like that. <laughs> but what, what is a malt liquor? Um, so a malt liquor uh, is just basically a very high ABV lager that's very adjunct for it at least that's how i define it um, i found so many different definitions of what the style is but it was generally just basically huge box back in the day like these big my box huge that, bo- right like a doppel yeah, yeah. yeah sure um and 
like just defined as like a super boozy lager. And so what we did with Van Henyen is we did basically our faux decoction method, which is running off our first runnings. Right, shout out to Thomas, got to mention one more time. <laughs> running off our first runnings, boiling them down for an hour to basically get all of these complex sugars and melanoidins and caramelization, all this cool stuff happening. And then refilling our mash tun and lottering over the rest of our uh, of our mash. And uh, the recipe is written to be 10%. So the base beer that's in tank right now is 10%. Um, once it's done lagering, then we will transfer it and then we'll use our, our brew house to de-aerate water. Basically, we'll be watering back the beer to 7%. So the, that really is the method that even the largest macro brewers use is they'll brew a high-gravity version and then water it down to whatever Bud, Bud Light ends up being. Yeah, 100%. I actually have a, a guy that used to work for me, works over at Stone now, uh, my buddy Eric, and he was telling me about how Stone is owned by Sapporo now, and they're making Sapporo at Stone in the U.S. And the way that they make Sapporo is they make a tank full of high-gravity Sapporo in route to the canning line. They mix it with deaerated water at a certain percentage, carbonate it, and then it goes into the bottling canning line. And you mentioned that your collab with Van Henyen is adjunct heavy. I believe you said it has corn and rice in so, in the grist. Yeah, so it has, we used corn sugar, dextrose. Uh, Which is, the, just so everyone is super clear, maybe that used to have, you know, be like a dirty word, but dextrose features prominently in probably every single American double IPA made yeah. today I and mean, for the last 10 years i use dextrose in almost all of our ipas to create balance it's a great brewing tool and it's it's fermented out so you're not you're not just drinking sugar um it's it's just simple sugar for the yeast to eat but we used uh, a ton of flaked rice we used uh american uh two row and then uh we did uh, a bunch of dextrose in the boil as well and the beer has taken a month to get to terminal gravity because it's so big and we were fermenting it so low, but it's, I feel like it's going to come out really good. I would love to try the pre de <laughs> What was that word again? Uh, deaerated water. Deaerated water before they rehydrate it or superhydrate it. Mm. Um, you want to try see... the 10% version? <laughs> yeah, I sure do. That would be fin like an Imperial Sapporo. Yeah, no, it's, it, Tasting it out of the tank right now, it tastes really good. I bet um, you should. Is... You should try to pull off, you know, rack Maybe a couple like a, kegs of that. Yeah, just to have. Exactly. Maybe I'll do that for the beer dinner. Well, do you know has that menu been written yet for that beer dinner? First of all, is there a date set for that? Let's plug that. So we don't have a date set. Uh, we will eventually be announcing on our social media the dates for it. It's trying to get a bunch of busy brewers together is like wrangling cats. Um, trying to get people into the brewery to do collabs. It's hard because you have to take a whole day to do it. Um, and then after you do all that, you have to get them all together again into the same room at the same time. And then I also have to get them there before because I want each brewer to collaborate with our chef to create their dishes for the beer dinner. I want it to be completely collaborative because uh, I'm a really big proponent of the community of brewing. The people that I choose to do collaborations with and brew with, I used to have to do a lot of like, 
oh, we have to brew with these people because their name is big. Now I get to brew with whoever I want, and the people that I get to brew with are the best people in the brewing industry. I can And I can say that about all three of these companies, is that Tony Lawrence from Boneyard, amazing person, their old head brewer, Tony Rao, one of my best friends. Uh, the the Henyans, Johnny Van Duzer, just some of the most kind-hearted, sweet people you could ever meet. Uh, Ryan, And of Matt. course, it's worth noting that Van Henyan is the... They are like second a, generation of Boneyard. Of Boneyard. Yeah, they're, they're all the, they're all old Boneyard folks doing their own thing, and um, everyone over at Boss Rambler, Ryan, Matt, everybody uh, that I've met from there has are some of the sweetest people. Um, I just, yeah, I'm very happy to do this with these people. Well, I cannot wait to find out what chef will come up with to pair with a malt liquor, because it is not a style. In, that I've ever seen used in any sort of Cicerone training or, <laughs> or mentioned in Ray Daniels uh, or Randy Mosier's books that discuss food pairing. Uh, it'll be, it's basically a blank slate that he has. Yeah, I'm really, I'm interested too. I'm honestly interested to see how all of these pairings go. If you put on your Cicerone hat, what, what dish do you think would pair with a oh, malt liquor? Man. I'm not a certified Cicerone. <laughs> That's, I know, but like, if, you know. <laughs> I'm not uh, a, I'm not an astronaut, but if you say <laughs> what kind of food would I want dehydrated to eat on the moon, I could come up with something. Uh, yeah, no, I get it. I, I think, um, I don't know, with the Hazy IPA, we're doing a hot blend. So the Hazy IPA isn't only a collaboration with Boss Rambler. We're doing a collaboration with Hop Revolution out of New Zealand. Mm. Um, so they are providing some of their new hot blends for us, which is really cool. Um, when you say hot blend, does that mean a pelletized version of two or more varietals? Yeah. So what they do is they, a lot of, a, what a lot of hop suppliers will do is they will take kind of their lesser crops and then put them into a blend together to try and create a better overall hop um, and doing a blend. Uh, in the words of Ryan from Boss Rambler, it's the Snickle Fritz, you know, <laughs> uh, but what Hop Revolution does is they take their It's Menudo. It's the menudo of hops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, of course, the weekend soupy, stewy thing, not the yeah. Mexican boy band, <laughs> if anyone <No>. remembers that. <laughs> uh, the, the soup, though, best hangover cure. Indeed. Absolutely. Menudo, taba- uh, tapatio, filled with, put it in the menudo, and then you have a Sprite. My, my friend's Mexican <laughs> grandmother introduced me to that, and I use it. I used to use it a lot in San Diego. It's hard to find Menudo in, in Central Oregon, but you guys should open for like brunch on the weekends. <laughs> Serve Menudo just <laughs> exactly. for me. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're not the only one in town with a hangover. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to crack a third beer that we will get to, and it just seemed right that we would go with the silver medal winning Poggers. You, uh... yeah, no, all right. So, talk to us about. Uh, did you have a hand in formulating this beer? Yeah, so all the beers at Immersion are my recipes. At this point, yeah. everything. Okay, so there's uh, nothing you inherited that they said. No, when I took this over, one says. Uh, the owner there, Sean, he used to be a professional brewer back in the day, so he kind of he gets it. So when I took over, and it's it's not a dig on the old brewer. The old brewer, Chris, super good dude. Um, but I wanted to take ownership of the brewery. Of course, yeah. Um, it's really hard to do that when you're brewing old recipes. So I was just like, hey, I'm not brewing any of the old recipes anymore and he was like totally understanding but he was also like it's your brewery do what you want with it which is exactly how every brewery owner should be just let the brewer brew 
Um, as long as they're, you know, showing up to work and doing their job. I did get in trouble last year <laughs> for snowboarding too much. Mm. Uh, the only time I've ever gotten yelled at. I feel at. every brewery owner in town would have that beef <laughs> to pick with. Story. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's no way. Yeah, he was like, he was like, you know, I said you could snowboard all you wanted as long as work's getting there. He's like, but you haven't been to work in a week, so like maybe, yeah, show up. Fair. Uh, I, I'm gonna side with him on this one. That, that's yeah. fair. No, I. It was like the argument happened, and I was like leaving, and I was like, that was that was all. That's my bad. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, talk to us about about poggers. And again, obviously, you know, we, we were talking about having a luau and bringing a little taste of Hawaii here to Central Oregon. But yeah. uh, I don't know of any other pog-flavored beers in town. If there have – oh, all right. Now that I mention it, I know Deschutes had one. Yeah. Um, I'm sure some other folks have as well. In fact, now that I'm really thinking about it, <laughs> Boss Rambler has as well. But theirs was one of those super-fruited sours, and yeah. this is the opposite of that. Yeah, so it's the it comes back to the balance thing, and mm-hmm. you know I those super fruited sours they have their time and their place. It's almost like pouring a you know a tiki cocktail into a glass. Totally, uh, but like it should come with a little paper parasol taped to the can. Oh, a hundred percent. But with this beer, what I really wanted to do was create like, a, for lack of a better description, a summer crusher. Like, um, I wanted it to be light. I wanted it to be just tart enough. Um, I wanted it to be residually sweet um, to balance out some of that tartness. So uh, with this beer is like basically the, my second chance at that last year, we did uh, a berry kettle sour and I kind of learned from that one and got to improve on, you know, my mistakes that I feel like I made with that beer. And now um, we want a medal for it, which is awesome. Right on. Like I back sweetened it with the fruit, but not a ton, just enough to, you know, balance it out. And I will ask, because you're wearing an Oregon fruit hat. <laughs> when you're making this beer, are you buying pureed passion fruit, pureed orange, pureed guava, or did they make a pog puree? No, I, I, I bought the three separate fruits uh, as purees. And then... Um, Do you go 33, 33, 33? Yeah, yeah. I try to, I try to split it up as evenly as possible. Um it also just makes it easy as much as I would like to be like, yeah, we got the beakers out and we like measured everything. <laughs> I was like, no, like we put, we put nine boxes in total, three of each into this beer. Um, and, uh, yeah, they sent me this hat after we won in it. I have a, Oh, right on. I have a pretty big head. So finding a hat that fits <laughs> is huge. Hats are generally one size fits all. Yeah, so I'm cool. looking at you and, you know, I see your six, five frame. That head is, proportional you don't have a big head thank you i appreciate it you should see pictures of me when i'm a baby because my head my bought my head is 90 percent of my body that's hilarious (laughs) well thank you um you know the one thing i want to say about poggers is this beer that you will be continuing to brew maybe even more so now that it has uh, a fancy shiny metal to its name yeah i think i think we'll rebrew it next year around the summer well, that's what I was going to say is even though I'm a huge fan of um, complimentary flavors, you know, we're talking about nut brown ales and I think it's such a great fall beer. I absolutely see the uh, worthwhileness in contrasting both flavors of beer and food if you're doing a beer dinner, but also sometimes saying, hey, it's freezing out. I want to drink a beer that makes me feel 
like it's summertime. So mm-hmm. I do see a great reason for drinking a super summer flavored beer like your Poggers in the middle of winter. See, I would love that. I would love to brew it again soon. But the thing is, is that it's the seasonality of beer mm-hmm. in Central Oregon is insane. It's something I've never dealt with living in Southern California where it's you summer. Brew, did you brew your first fresh hot beer this or last year last year yeah see that's something else those san diegans will tell you i I talked to ryan about this Mm. fresh hot beers are just not a thing in san diego in hop forward san diego either they don't exist or when brewers do make them i heard they don't sell that well um they don't sell as well as they sell here the 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 way that the local audience shows out for fresh hop is awesome and also like a fresh hop beer in general is such a cool thing like this year we it's dro- the coolest <laughs> yeah we, we drove to yakima in the morning it's the one that's the one day a year that the owner brews so he started the right brew. On. we drove to yakima in the morning we picked up all of our hops and then uh we got to meet all of our farmers meet the farm workers like uh you know get to be more in touch with the agricultural side of brewing like it'd be really cool to like meet more maltsters and stuff too the only one i've actually met is ron from admiral maltings who is the oh, admiral guy for sure that whole that whole enterprise mm-hmm. is devised by industry legends who just wanted to do right by malt yeah and God, ron is like the most excited guy he's you just tell him like yeah i like did this and this with the beer he's like that is the coolest thing i've ever heard and i'm like Thanks, man. That's right. awesome. <laughs> Coming from you, right on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's really cool to have more of a connection with where your raw materials are coming from. Because generally, like, you'll meet people from those companies, but you meet CEOs or owners. Uh, you don't meet the guy that's on the malt house floor. You don't meet the guy that's out there trimming hops first thing in the morning or separating hops. Or So to meet these farm owners and meet these people during fresh hop season is so cool for the brewers and for the farmers. The farmers are excited that we're out there. And then, yeah, we loaded up the van. We took off. Like they got picked that morning. We took off back to Oregon. We got back to the brewery, threw the hops in as soon as we got back and put the beer on them and then knocked the beer out. See, you might be only 29, but as you, as we've discussed, you are not new to the brewing world to the beer scene and yet you move to bend and you get all these amazing new brewing experiences yeah it's uh i feel like having worked production for a lot of my career and then being a director of brewing especially um and this isn't a dig on any of the companies i've worked for or anything but when your job becomes more logistics raw material supply um, supply chain stuff like that it's harder to be in love with what you do. It's harder to show your passion through your product where now it's like, I'm working for a company that's ran by a husband wife duo. It's all family owned. I remember my first week there, I showed up to work and there was nothing to do. The owner came in. He was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, (laughs) what do you mean? I'm like, I'm just coming to work. He's like, you don't have to be here. Go snowboarding, go do something else. And then you take him to heart. Yeah, and then he yeah, chews see? you out for doing exactly <laughs> well, that. When we had the argument, I was like, "Okay, I just I'll stop snowboarding before work." He's like, "I didn't say that, okay? <laughs> I just said show up to work." It's like devising the perfect beer recipe. Balance. It's all about balance. Oh, a hundred percent. And I, I feel like 
my love for brewing really shows through the products that we have. Because honestly, like I could go the rest of my career without winning a medal. But what I couldn't go the rest of my career without is seeing positive feedback from people that actively drink the beer. And the cool part is, is like, I have heard people talking about immersion in conversations that I wasn't a part of. Like I was standing in line for a breakfast burrito one day and this guy was, these, this couple was like, Hey, like what brewery should we go to? He's like, Oh, you got to go check out immersion. They got this new head brewery. He's <laughs> making all this really cool beer. Like, where did you just go? Like, did your face get all warm? Ah, oh, dude, my heart. I was just like, ah, oh, <laughs> oh, my heart. <laughs> I can only take so much. We do, you know, this is a, again, there, there's a reason why we are able to support this many breweries in a town this relatively small to the other big beer meccas mm-hmm. like San Diego, like Denver, like Chicago, Seattle, Portland, of course, is because it's not, I always say, Bend in particular, Oregon in general, we don't have a craft beer culture. Beer is part of our culture. And the people here know it. We we not only drink it, we breathe it, we live it. Yeah, I I would say that beer is a part of everything here, which is, it's, <laughs> I had a friend visit town recently and she was like, "There, why is there a bar in the fly shop? Why is there a bar <laughs> Yeah, here? totally. Why is there a bar in the grocery store? I'm like, it's because everyone gets done doing some crazy physical activity, like something insane, like going mountaineering for a day or going climbing Smith or going snowboarding for open to close, first to last chair. And afterwards, everyone meets up in town and gets together over a beer. That is exactly it. Especially, I do love that that uh, beer bar in the fly shop in the old mill. Yeah, Confluence are like some of Immersion's biggest fans. <laughs> right on. Well, I also love that there's a a brewery in the box factory. Um, when you were talking about big box, I feel like maybe your next batch of the uh, malt liquor, if you make it, you know, you, you strip it of the the rice and the sugar and the the, the corn. I feel like you could have a beer called Box Factory, but I'm I am one of horrible puns, so <laughs> that just makes sense to me. A B O C K S Factory beer. Uh, um, just to to wrap up, uh, anything else? Uh, any beers that are in the tank at the moment? That by the time this is out on wherever your favorite podcasts are available uh people could come in and, and check out what, what what's the next one or two freshest beers that will be on tap there um so i would keep an eye out for those collaborations oh yes of course um, and those will be out even before the beer dinner or they were being held off until so the beer the, dinner uh they will be released during the beer dinner excellent um, and that will be sometime in maybe november so late november early december okay early december at the latest um the big thing that I'm trying to figure out right now is how to get the malt liquor into 32 ounce crown top bottles. Oh. Uh, but that's that's more Replete of a dream with a paper any... bag. It comes packaged would, in the pa- brown paper bag. I love that so <laughs> much. I have such a soft spot in my heart for for brown bagging malt <laughs> liquor. Like growing up and skateboarding and listening to punk music with all my friends, drinking 32s of Miller High Life. That's Soft spot in my heart. There we go. Or maybe it comes with a roll of duct tape. You could do uh, Edward Beer hands them. <laughs> I would. That would be a great marketing video. I'm just saying, <laughs> whoever does your Insta could could get on that. <laughs> well, James, thank you so much for coming in today. Uh, great, 
getting to talk to you about this stuff. I do hope the sound quality is all right today. I know the beer quality is great today. Thanks again. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It was great. Cheers. Bear, 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 gentle bear, bear, bear. A barrel of mocha, a bushel of pops, you stir it around.